Hey shippers, welcome to 2022. We hope you have all had a wonderful holiday break and now we are back to our regularly scheduled programming. So today we are talking about Almost Maine. Do we ship it? Listen to find out. I'm Steph. And I'm Devin. And welcome to the We Ship It podcast, where Devin and I and our occasional guest come together to talk about our favorite and not-so-favorite ships of all time. That's right. And today, we are nearing the end of our third season with a play-slash-novel, Almost Maine. Um, I am... So I originally encountered Almost Maine um, when I went to see a college production of it. Hmm. Um one of my friends was in it and um it was phenomenal and i fell in love with it and i then resaw it at esu where <clears> i graduated <throat> from <clears throat> and again phenomenal so i was like when i heard that it became a book i was like oh my gosh steph we have to do this yeah so i'm really excited that we are doing it I'm, excited. I'm glad that you enjoyed it um i personally love the script more but i'm glad that you fell in love with the book and i mean it's not terrible like it's a great book like but I just, I fell in love with the script. So, you know, it is it is what it is. Yes, as Devin's saying, he chose this one. And mainly, I read the novel. Um, so he might be able to give some insight on kind of how it differs from the play. But like I said, I really loved this book. So Yeah, we're gonna, I really liked it too. We're going to have a good chat here. Um, For sure. There really is no main ship here. Rather, many takes on what love is and the different forms it can take. So it was particularly interesting. That's why we were really excited to do this, because it'll be a little different than our normal um, one-couple episode. Um, And I'm really excited for this episode because Devin put a lot into the questions. (laughs) So it's really going to be a great discussion. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I figured I had to create questions that would help give you our listeners a sense of the characters and what they're going through in each scene um so i hope that i i provided enough for you to get a grasp of it and if not go read it yourself yep (laughs) and devin i'm going to be honest also with all of the read the listeners out there i read the questions but I didn't have time to prepare answers. So it's going to be even more fun in that <laughs> Off the cuff. it's going to be coming from whatever I'm thinking of. I did just finish the book yesterday, so it is quite relevant. So Cool. But um, before we dive in, I wanted to provide our normal spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't read the story or watched the uh, show, we are going into plot details. And if you don't care... Listen on. Indeed. And so here's our summary. Almost Maine is a story set in the town of, you guessed it, Almost Maine. On that (laughs) night that something amazing may or may not happen. Basically, they keep saying this, but it's just that the Northern Lights were there and magical things were happening. Um, The story starts with Jeanette and Pete, a young couple who has just professed their love for one another. Then Pete says something stupid. Jeanette gets mad (laughs) and she walks away. And she has this like long walk all throughout snowy Maine. Um, And on her walk, she passes many different like couples and many different people. And each chapter dives into their perspective on whatever relationship is in their life. Um, It's a passion provoking story. And each tale really plays up the emotions of each character. They keep you guessing and they keep you waiting. That's the one thing that we're going to talk about. 
I am just on the edge of my seat waiting for the thing to happen every single chapter. <laughs> I'm like, is this really how like humans look to God? Because, I'm looking like, forward to your fresh take because oh my I so because I knew what was going to happen, <clears throat> but I want your fresh take on like how well, you came about. It was like, pretty obvious that Jeanette and Pete were going to come back together in mm-hmm. some at some point, um, but. It was interesting. Each story was something new, which was why mm-hmm. I really was excited yeah. about it. A little um, piece of each person. Yeah. 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 And eventually. So at the end of each chapter, there's like a lesson that comes out of each story, which there's way too much for us to even talk about here. But mm-hmm. um, this all takes place over the course of a few hours. And eventually Jeanette comes back to where she started next to Peter and they overcome their little disagreement to realize that they love each other. It's a heartwarming but sometimes frustrating tale about the struggles that come up when you love someone. Okay, so let's talk. Devin, will you lead the way? I will. Um, and like you said, like this novel doesn't focus on one particular group or character or um couple so it and it doesn't necessarily focus on tropes either like i was talking to Stefan, like it's kind of about tropes but it's not really tropes of love it's more of just like the uniqueness of each love yeah Mm -hmm. like experiencing love and like the different types of love um that uh can be expressed throughout a lifetime so um we'll start with um jeanette and peter as you already said um who are new to this whole relationship thing As their story progresses, they declare for the first time that they love each other. But this moment soon falls apart. How does Peter's failed attempt at a together decorum create a rift for the future of their relationship? And how do our fumbling with (sighs) words often push us further apart? I think it's hard because... It's so clear, and they're in high school, right? Is that is that what we're to right. assume? Right, I'm assuming that they're in high school, yep. Okay, I assume they're in high school. This is their first love, right? And I think what this book does an amazing job of, and I personally, I don't know why they chose Jeanette and Peter as like the main framework of the book. Perhaps it's because they're such young love, and then we see many aspects of different um, age groups of love and things, mm-hmm. but... <clears throat> I think what this what their story basically is commenting on is how young love doesn't know how to profess itself. Young love doesn't know how to act. Um, Romeo and Juliet, anybody? Yeah. So the two of them, the two of them are so quick and they mean it, too, which is the great thing. They mean that they love each other when they say it because they have that lightness inside of them. That's an ongoing theme, too, is the lightness that is inside of someone when they actually feel love. Um, But. He doesn't know, like, they don't know how to understand one another. They don't know how to express themselves. And right. so what that feeling is inside of them, those two young people that have never had an experience like this before don't even know how to frame their yeah, feelings. It's so new and so unordinary yeah. that they don't know what to do do with it yes and he has no idea why she's upset it's like funny because i've seen this in like my own relationship and in other <laughs> relationships like no matter how long you've been together like sometimes you just don't understand how your stupid thoughts and the way that your brain works could possibly hurt someone else um right. and obviously i didn't understand why it hurt her either i was like uh get over yourself jeanette but (laughs) i think it shows two sides of young love one that's overreactive and misunderstanding and one that is unwilling to compromise um which is interesting but at least they had a real true love is what we find out 
<clears throat> right. And and to help you, because you asked the question, like, why these two? Yeah. Um, in this in the play, there's the in what's the, the prologue, the interlogue, and then the epilogue. Yeah. And it and it revolves around this couple. So the so the in the prologue is what we experience at the very beginning of the mm. story with them um, coming together and falling apart. Mm. The interlogue is with um, Pete sitting on the bench the entire time, just like waiting for her to come back or just like waiting for something. Like he doesn't know what to do in the moment. My thing is like, oh, go ahead. Sorry. And then the epilogue is like her coming back to him. And that makes sense. But my thing is like, why didn't they choose any of these other couples to be yeah. that main framework? I, I guess it comes back to this idea of them being like young and this being their first profession of love. I think that's a great um, idea though. <clears throat> But I just sort of was like, I think their story was probably to me one of the weaker stories, if I'm honest. Um, yeah, that's it, why I didn't. Although, get it, it. although it, like, the train of thought followed Jeanette, like it yes. didn't necessarily like. I felt like theirs was a little bit, like you said, it doesn't have as much development. And I think that's yeah. because it is young. It's love. young, and that's yeah. why I was like. It would have been such a more powerful ending to me if it was one of these couples that I was like, I need them to be together. Like, <laughs> I'm going to ask you at the end, Devin, which couple you think or couple. They're not all couples. Some of them are friends. But which which love, you know, situation you think is the most frustrating? Because Ooh. some of them are really frustrating. And when the ending happens, like, you're like, wow. Like, I think the ending of this book could have been a lot stronger if it wasn't Jeanette and Peter who we were following the whole way. Because yeah, there I are lots of strong characters in this book. Right. Um, yeah. Sorry. Did you um, have anything else to add, Devin? Yeah, I'll add uh, more about the question itself. But Yeah. Um, so this, <laughs> Not this I, tangent that we're on. <laughs> <laughs> we, we went off on a rabbit hole. <laughs> Anyways, um, this poor dude does not have a way with words at all. Oh, no. He tries really hard to create something beautiful out of this geeky thought about how the closer you are to someone is actually the farther away you are. Um, but his words just keep fumbling and it comes out all wrong. It oh, almost Peter. reminds me. <laughs> oh, Peter. Um, it reminds me of the song um, When Words Fail. And this comes from Shrek the Musical. I know I introduced Shrek, Steph to Shrek the Musical. She was not a fan. Oh, but... we have to do Shrek the Musical as an episode. <laughs> it's, I hated Shrek the Musical. Get out of here. It's good. I felt so bad because all, we were all laughing and Devin was mad. <laughs> I know. I we, we sh Originally, I had them watch it at, was it at your, yeah, it was at My your school apartment. apartment. <laughs> yeah. And all of her friends were making fun of it. And I was they like, come on, guys. So it's so sorry. good. Anyways, regardless. Please tell us your me thoughts of... on Shrek the Musical, everyone, because I am interested. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of the song When Words Fail, for those that know, um, because he just wants to convey the feeling, but he can't find the words to do it justice. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. At times when these fumblings happen or we say something in the heat of the moment that we don't truly mean, sometimes the ground is shaken and it's hard to refine your footing in the relationship. Um, it takes a moment to cool off and then try again in a better headset and with an open mind. Um, so we just, we're so tense. Like we have everything going on and that sometimes it's hard to get your words straight and to actually get them to mean what you want them to mean. So at times you just have to step back and reevaluate the situation and then come at it with a clearer mind. Um, this is essentially my spiel. Cool. All right. Next question. Moving along, we meet Glory, who travels to almost Maine to say goodbye to her deceased yet formerly cheating ex-husband uh, <laughs> as she watches the Northern Lights. Her heart has been broken quite literally. 
and and I mean quite literally in this case. It's very strange. Um, and East takes it upon himself to repair her heart. How is this a big step for Glory? And how is the trope of a broken heart used here? Uh, poor Glory. Yeah. Um, she is such a sweet and I think innocent person. Um, the guilt of her husband's death just hangs on her and mm -hmm. just nothing seems to be going her way until she meets East. Um, and he openly accepts her and her random presence in his backyard to view the North. Like I know. I love East. I think East <laughs> oh, is too. a way underrated character. I, I agree. literally would be in love with him if I met the him. Fact that, the fact that the, he, she's just standing in his backyard. Like and he's just like yeah okay this is fine and I love that I he's guess. protective. I kind of see him as like a Lenny type. I don't know why. Do you know Lenny from um, of Mice and Men? Of Mice and Men, yeah. Yeah, I almost see him as like this big soft, but like but big but not like guy. but not like the killing. No nature, no no, not right? like I'm gonna kill a rabbit by accident type person, but more the I'm gonna give you a hug, but you're like huge right. and you look brawny, you know. <laughs> But the letting go of the bag is letting go of her past and accepting what happened and allowing East to help her is a huge step in her recovery process. Mm -hmm. um, and I just love the physical representation of the broken heart and a repair guy. That's when I knew it. this book was crazy. I was like, her <laughs> heart is broken. It's literally broken. It's it's, it's shattered. There, It's pieces of slate. Mm -hmm. Um but it's a, a, a repair guy mending it through love. It's brilliantly crafted. And all of these pieces are, all of them, each each piece on its own, as we've been saying again and again and again, it's so well crafted. And if you haven't read this novel or seen the play, I encourage you now to invest into it. Yep. Um, Here's your permission. We give you, it's a stamp of approval from we ship. <laughs> Go on ahead. Um, but what are your thoughts, Steph? <clears throat> um... How is it a big step for Glory? Well, I think that like Glory has been really held back. And mm -hmm. she, it, wasn't it like one of her goals or one of his goals to go see the Northern Lights? Or, there was some reason that she was going to see them. Correct. And she, it's been like on her list for like all this time or whatever. And she goes and like I think it's just like a final moment of like laying her broken heart to rest, which mm -hmm. is moving on. And that's where East comes in. I and hate that I'm blanking at the moment. I'm blanking on like how her husband died, but I think she said like I forget. She's, I think she said like she's done with him, and he actually like walked out of the door and was like hit by a bus or something like that. Something <laughs> like it was crazy. It something was, like, funny. absolutely freaking crazy. And it's like I actually like because it's weird because you're like sad that she's sad, but you're also like he was an asshole. So like yeah. I don't. He was a jerk. He it's a on really her. interesting twist on like her emotions, mm -hmm. and East is so much like. He doesn't really talk too much, which he's is why quiet. it's just like he's listening and she just needed someone to listen to her. And mm -hmm. I think she fully accepts the weight of her broken heart and therefore is able to let it go. And that's why it's like crushing her at one point. And I don't know, this whole scene was just really sweet. It was a weird, weird way to start the moving on to a different story type because mm -hmm. it was like, what is going on? Like, literally, at the beginning, they say, oh, crazy stuff is going to happen tonight, basically. And then you're like, oh, they mean literally crazy stuff. They mean stuff. literally. <laughs> like, dancing on the air and hearts breaking, literally. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a really beautiful story. Um, I Their think piece. Yeah, it's a, it's a big a big piece. And I, I think it's the right one to start it on, even though I don't think Jeanette and Peter were the right 
like story framework. I think this was the right story to to start on. You see someone's right. broken, broken heart, heart and yeah. yeah. You go from fresh love to a broken heart and it's yes. just like that 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 shift in um yes. what's the I forget what the the word is, but like regardless, it's a, the shift in that word that yes. I'm trying to think of. Anyways, moving on to the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, in Falling for You, so I gave them like semi titles. Some of these titles I stole from the script, and some of them I just made up on my own. So, Devin, some are of them any have not in here? Any what? Are all the stories included in our questions? I wasn't I sure. I made if we sure missed... I had a question for each piece. Okay, I was going to say because I think everyone is in here. I just wanted to make sure. Yep, and I made sure that they followed the book order, not necessarily okay. the script order. That makes sense. Um, but in Falling for You, um, we see two best friends grapple with falling, both literally and figuratively, in love. Um, why does Randy? <laughs> why does Randy at first resist these feelings, and why does he ultimately give in? Secondly, how can love sometimes come as a surprise? What's the other guy's name? I'm forgetting. Chad. So, Chad. Okay, yes. <laughs> Chad. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love that Chad is the first one to recognize it, too. Yeah. And, like, he's just like, I love you, Randy. And Randy's like, what the? Um, I love but, you, man. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny because it, it quickly, like, in the beginning, they're like, talking about the girls that they went out with and And the terrible dates and the terrible dates and it's like oh chad didn't he wonders why he goes on these dates because he never really likes them and Mm -hmm. the only person he can talk to is randy and then like he feels the lightness inside and i'm like oh my god it's happening (laughs) um and then the two i mean Chad recognizes it first. He recognizes that he has this love for Randy and he just tells him. And that's what I appreciate because Chad has been so, he's had such a difficult time with words the entire time. And then he just like tells him outright. And Randy's like, are you playing a joke on me? And he like tries to run away and then he starts (laughs) feeling it too. And it's like, they've been on all these unsuccessful dates and like, it's just funny that 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 they've been together. The one that made me laugh so hard was when he, he says that he went on a date with a girl and was to a dance and the, the dance is literally happening like that night yes and and he like drops her i think they do a move yes, and she, she drops her, her and she no, breaks, her, breaks face. her face <laughs> that was so funny and then it comes back later in the story that, yeah it oh, does this girl broke her face <laughs> but um yeah i don't know why randy like first resists them i guess like it's probably i mean we do get to find out that almost maine is like a rather conservative town with like a mm-hmm. like a perspective on that type of like like weird like different love not weird but like love that people aren't used to at that time um and i think maybe he just like has always thought of himself with a woman so he resists that feeling um and it is romantic love that they fall into right Mm -hmm. so because at first i couldn't tell i thought chad was saying just friendship love but then it felt very romantic and the two of them come (laughs) together um and yeah, love can sometimes come as a surprise. Like like we were saying, they live their whole lives thinking of themselves in this traditional sense, but it never really fitting or making sense for them. Yeah. And then it comes as a surprise that the person they've been looking for has been sitting next to them, listening to them bitch the entire time. Um, so <laughs> it's, it's amazing. And I think a lot of people go through this where they're like looking for love. Like, oh, I'm going to go, you know, run away to California and find the love of my life. And it's like, but you realize that they were, you know, your best friend, like the person sitting next to you the whole time. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I think it's interesting. But what do you think, Devin? 
I, I think he initially resists his feelings and Chad's feelings for that matter because of fear. Yeah, he's um, afraid. He, ta he talked about a line being crossed. And while that line of friendship is crossed, it's also crosses his comfortability of the relationship yep. and, and essentially fear of the unknown. Um, the fear of change as well as well um, is huge in the situation. Like any man, change is a hard thing. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's hard for Randy, and he's not sure if you'll um, if he'll be able to accept this. Um, however, I think he ultimately gives in because he can't go back the to the way he was before. He realizes that what he had before was not happiness, and yeah, he feels safe with Chad and essentially happy. Um, and I think that love for the majority of people comes as a surprise at times. Um, you don't always expect to find love, but love finds you. Yep. Yep. Okay, next. And this one is weird, so I'm ready to talk about it. But <laughs> next in This Hurts, we explore the unexpected nature of what it means to quote unquote feel. Steve, who is unable to feel pain, doesn't understand Marvelin when she tries to explain to him how love can be painful. Is she right? Is love painful? And why is it significant that he can now feel after their kiss? I thought this was a really weird story. I just have to start off with that. But go ahead. It is a, is a weirder story. But this this uh, it is a real um, like not disease, but it's a real disorder. Yeah, um, oh, like for sure. That people can't feel pain. But regardless, um, I think parts of love are painful. Um, there's no way around it. Love isn't always going to be gumdrops and rainbows <laughs> and unicorns, Roses. right? Um, there's the nitty gritty and the dirty and the jagged edges of love um, that cannot be avoided. Mm -hmm. I actually recently read a study that said that social pain or love can leave a longer lasting impact than physical pain. Yeah. Um, see, physical pain has like two counter... Uh, compartments in a sense one being sensory so the intensity of the pain and the location of the pain while the other focuses more on how distressing the the injury is and the study came to the conclusion um that while some not obviously not all but some physical pain fades over time more often than not social pain lingers with the same strong intensity for years mm -hmm. um, so marvelin isn't wrong that love hurts but the intent of love should not be to cause pain. Yes. Marvel has just been in such a poor relationship for so long that it has negatively impacted her view on love. Mm -hmm. She thinks that love is painful. Um, and that kiss and the pain that Steve is finally able to feel is amazing. Yeah. It shows that love can make you feel something again mm -hmm. um, that doesn't just have to be about the pain but the joy and the fuzzy feeling of being in love too yeah oh my god okay i didn't think i have to say i didn't think it was weird because of his his you know not being able to feel pain i thought it was weird but now i'm understanding why it was like this i thought it was weird when they were explaining that he seemed like a kid he seemed like he could be a child or a 40-year-old man. And I was like, Because he hasn't just what? experienced life in a well, sense. Well, so that's that's ultimately what it is. I didn't understand that because I was yeah. reading it without understanding, like, that they were going to kiss at first. But now looking back, I understand that, like, he had never been kissed before. He had never felt pain before. And it's because you don't feel pain if you don't also feel the <laughs> yeah, joy this poor of guys life. walking around with, I think, two notebooks or one notebook and one is like things that can hurt things me that and things hurt. that could and things that <laughs> yeah. are like deadly <laughs> yeah, he's living his life based off of like a book basically yeah and marvelin comes in and she's just like i gotta wake this guy up 
she hits him in the head with this thing by accident and he's like, oh, I can't feel that. And then she kisses him and all of a sudden she hits him again and he can feel it. And I think that's great because when you experience the most joy, you also start to experience the worst pain. It's just that's how human nature is. Like mm-hmm. when you experience love, it can come in such extreme to either extreme, really, in such sure. in such extreme Absolutely. waves. Um I think what's also really interesting um, is that she decides to leave her boyfriend after kissing him. Right. Right. So so it's like she's been living in this lull as well. And Steve literally doesn't feel pain. But I think also she is sort of a little bit stunted in that and, and numbed to feeling pain because she feels it all the time. Um, mm-hmm. So she doesn't even recognize that this guy is sort of abusive mentally abusive and just like not great and neglectful um and then when she kisses him she realizes like oh she comes back to life too she's like oh she starts to sense pain too like she Mm -hmm. starts to sense that pain she's been ignoring so she leaves that jerk which is great um yeah yeah. sorry i just i could talk about these stories for a really long (laughs) time i know and that's what's it's fun. I because we we haven't had the moment to talk about this book. I, we've literally just been texting about it. Yes. Um. So now being able to like talk about it, I'm like, oh my gosh, we have so much to say. We really <laughs> do. And like the next one, oh my god, the next one, Jimmy and Sandrine. <laughs> Don't start. Um. So we're gonna meet Jimmy and Sandrine where Sandrine leaves him. Um, Sandrine. With, <laughs> with no reason mm. as to why, Jimmy then labels himself as a vid a villain, liter- literally with a tattoo. Here, the idea of being found in romance is discussed. Why does Jimmy feel lost without love, and how does this tattoo brand him, but also present him with hope for a future? I just have to say, Sandrine is, she's the villain. She's awful. (laughs) I cannot stand this woman who then goes on to, like, try and ruin her friend's relationships. Like, like her friend who she's like, yeah, you shouldn't be married to him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, girl, you don't know anything about love. You just like literally left this guy and weren't even confident enough to tell him why. Um, Mm -hmm. But either way, I'm sorry, Sandrine. I'm not a Sandrine hater or whatever. I think that their story before going into the question here at hand, I think their story really touches on people mishandling love and how much even a small something that seems small to you can devastate someone's entire life especially when they're sure. relying on you um, when Sandrine leaves him he can't even really function for a long time and then when he sees her and she tells him that she's getting married to someone else he's deflated and like yeah but like let's they're in a small town like yes. this girl is actively trying to avoid, avoid him, him for a year yes, like months for a year and and then like she lives her life and doesn't even really think about how it's impacting Jimmy at all. Right. It's like it's told in the story. She didn't even understand how much she hurt him. And then she starts to understand it. And it's like, how could you have done that to someone you supposedly <laughs> loved at some point? It makes me so mad. Yeah. Um, and then we realize that he has given himself a tattoo that says villain. But it actually says <laughs> villain. Villain because, because he person, spelled it wrong. He spelled it wrong. And then the person <laughs> spelled it wrong because of him. Um, and so at the end, he meets this girl who's actually named Villian, which is this waitress that's been butting in the whole time. And we don't find out her name till the end. And at first we see this devastation of him labeling himself as a villain because his whole life is being defined by the fact that Sandrine left him. And he right. feels lost because he was defined by that. Um, 
But then the tattoo that he thinks brands him from ever meeting someone, um, that mistake was fateful. It was like destined that like he would actually meet someone with that crazy name. Um, mm-hmm. And that's his future. And it's like a very like fateful moment. Um, but what do you think, Devin, about them? Yeah, I essentially, I think he feels lost because his values aren't where they're supposed to be. Yeah. Um, if you are only focused on not being in a relationship, then sure, yeah, you're going to have a poor perspective on your life. For sure, for sure. <laughs> but if you focus on the beauty of life as a whole and the fact that you have a family, you have food, you have a roof over your head, yeah, yeah, then you yeah. will have a much brighter perspective on life. Um, here, though, Jimmy is distraught and completely alone in literally the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I Maine is... <laughs> cry. I cry whenever Jimmy, like, says anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but his tattoo is a fun addition as well. Um, like you said, he brands himself as the villain, but he has a misspelling. Um, and this mishap offers him hope when the waitress who has been waiting on him the entire time reveals her name is Villian. And I think it's a really unique and... Um, just like a aha moment that like you, your life's not over just because this didn't work out. Like pick up your shoes brush them off and keep walking and you will eventually find whatever is out there for you. Yep. hundred percent. And that is Villian for Jimmy. God bless Villian. <laughs> and she's like the whole time like, hello. And he's just like, I'm Hold here. On. I'm dealing with this. I'm dealing with this. And then he's like, Wait a minute. <laughs> it's like funny because he's, he's like, yeah, we don't need anything. We don't need anything. And then he realizes her name. Yep. Um, but, okay, next story. In a new piece added to the novel, Justin and Michelle experience love that is liberating in the form of friendship. How can true, all-surpassing love be liberating? And what does this feat say about love? Yeah, so this is really powerful. Oh, yeah. Um, because it shows exactly what love is all about. Yep. Um, it's about acceptance and complete and no questions asked acceptance. Yep. Um, you are who you are and nothing you'd say, nothing um, you could do could sway that kind of love. Um, like that is a love like no other. Mm-hmm. And I think it is so profound and a beautiful representation of two people who are utterly broken and in need of healing and their acceptance of each other's change or decision does not change their friendship or their love for each other. Um, So these two, Justin and Michelle, are both going through something difficult for both of them. Mm -hmm. They're trying to go through the motions of like, okay, how do I how do I feel about this? And they both ask each other these questions and it just comes to show that like when you fully accept someone for who they are or whatever choices they are making that love is healing um and it has that liberating that freeing power um to just wash over you and make you feel like you are a part of something yeah no absolutely i i think justin and michelle are kind of two outcasts in Mm -hmm. the places that they're from um michelle's pregnant and she thinks no one's going to be happy for her even though she wants to have a family and justin isn't really sure about his gender. Um, and I think that the story, they, they're both people that kind of come from places where people don't fully understand who they are. Who they are, And yeah. so they've always had sort of this, like, Bond. understanding with each other that, like, mm-hmm. 
no matter what I say, like Michelle is going to like accept me or like no matter what I say, Justin is going to be happy for me. And we see them struggle a little bit at first. I mean, both of them have these conceptions about what a happy life is. Um, So they have these like these moments of sort of being a little judgy. But Mm -hmm. then they, they come back to, well, you know, whatever it is, I'm happy for you. And they end up dancing together. And that's like. That's where you realize they're they're like liberated by each other's love for one mm-hmm. another because it um, reminds me uh, it reminds me of Harrison Bergeron. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the short no. story or not, but in that story, like they, it's the same kind of sense. Like they're dancing on air because they yes. are they're taking off all of their um, their baggage, their baggage and sort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like finally, like they didn't want to dance the whole time, the whole time. And then Justin, they're about to go dancing. They're about to go dancing. And then Justin's like, I can't do this in front of other people just yet. And she's like, okay. And so they go home and they dance like where they think is the the silence of their own home or not theirs, but Justin's aunt or whatever. And then they start literally dancing in the air because they are liberated by each mm-hmm. other and by the love that they, the, the unconditional love that they give each other. So that's a very beautiful story. Yeah, and this is my first time experiencing this one. Like you've, been, this is your first time with a novel. This, uh, but yeah. this is my first time with this one because it is a new piece. It's a new added piece right. that um, the author put in there. So uh, it's, it's. I think it's very... a needed piece because it's a. It's about friendship. It's not about yeah. like romantic love. Exactly. But um, and I don't think there's another story just about friendship in here. Mm, I don't remember off the top of my head. There's too many. There are a <laughs> lot of them. <laughs> Um, but, but we'll jump into our next one for sure. Um, we then come across Lendl and Gail, who have been in a long-term relationship. Uh, however, Gail wants to call it quits after questions of doubt surface and because for- of San freaking Drain, <laughs> San Drain messing with people. <laughs> so these questions of doubt surface and asked for all the love she gave him back. How does this tale address the theme of giving away love or giving love away? And does Gail have a right to request her love back? Oh, my God. Uh, I have to say, Devin, I'm not sure. This is my favorite one. This is my is favorite it really? story. My favorite story. My favorite couple. My favorite story. Because poor Lendl doesn't know what the hell is going on. When Gail comes back. <laughs> poor guy. I have to say, I... I really resonated with this story because of the power of other people's words to hold over. Like if you misinterpret and way overanalyze someone else's perspective of your own relationship, mm-hmm. you're not going to have the right perspective because they're not right. in the relationship. Yep. And I feel like a lot of people go through this where they're like, it's good to vent to people. But then if their advice is like, too directive sometimes it can be wrong and that's dangerous um for right. your heart and for your relationship so in gail's case she heard freaking sandrine talking about how <laughs> oh if they're not proposing to you yet like then they don't really love you and you need to leave um and gail's like wow well sandrine's getting married so she must know what she's talking about girl does not know what she's talking about <laughs> she don't have um, a clue <laughs> either way Gail goes home and decides I'm getting all of my things giving them back to Lendl we've been together for 10 years he hasn't proposed to me I asked him if he would marry me and he just was silent and she goes home and she's like give me back all my things which she doesn't really have a right to request I mean everyone has a right to their own heart their own autonomy but she still loves him so it's incorrect mm-hmm. because she's she's going off of someone else's you know <laughs> words and understanding of her own relationship but Sandrine is not even in um, so uh, like 
In this case, though, then the thing that I love the most is that Lendl already had a ring for her. And he was planning to ask her mm-hmm. that night. Well, he wasn't planning that night, but he was planning to ask her within Soon. that like time frame. Yeah. And she's like, I'm leaving you because you don't want to get married. And he just try. And this this kills me. He just tries to give her the package. He won't just say, I was going to marry you. Throw it at her. He gives her the package. He's like, open it, open it. She won't open it. And then when she's outside, she opens it. And there's just like this, this like release that she's like, oh my God, he does love me. What the mm-hmm. hell was I thinking? Um, so yeah, it addresses the theme of like giving love away. I think in the most direct sense that like sometimes people meddle and it's not good. Like in that case, she was almost convinced to give her true love away because of what other people thought. Mm-hmm. And it just, that breaks my freaking heart, especially yeah. for Lendl. <laughs> I like your take on that because I was actually going somewhere else with that question, but I'm glad that you also Oh yeah, that sorry, sorry. Um, I no, I think it's great. Um, but I think, excuse me, I think love sometimes has the reputation of giving away time. And in some sense, it's true. We, you have to give your time away. You have, yep. let's be honest, you have to give your love, o- uh, excuse me, your money away. Um, you have to give energy away, right? Love takes a lot out of you, but the reward is more often than not so worth it. And I think this story does a great job at weaving in this topic. And is Gail right to request it back? I mean, not really. Now, does she have case. does she have a solid footing for calling it quits on their relationship? Potentially, maybe. I think they should definitely have talked about it instead of just showing up and one sidedly calling it, yeah. calling the shots. Like she just walks in, and is like, "Okay, here's what's happened, buddy." <laughs> <laughs> um, but does she have a right to ask for all the love she has ever given Lendl back? No. no, she can't demand that of him. No. It's not possible in something that should not even be asked. Um, if you want to call it quits, you don't also get the right to ask for everything you ever put into the relationship. Those back. memories are his, girl. Yeah. Um, you need to let go, grow from it, and move on. Does mm-hmm. it suck? Absolutely. But that's just the way it is, and you have to kind of like roll with the flow, the punches. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I do really love this one. Um, and just, I don't know, like I get so riled up with Gail because she is so, and, and to be fair, like we, as when we, um, when we're watching it, we don't know that Sandrine mentioned this. It it just is her coming to the door and saying like, I'm done. I'm calling it quits. Like we don't know the whole backstory behind it. Right. Um, for the show, but for the book, I think that's cool that they weave that in and that Sandrine is the one that did it. I am so mad um, about it. <laughs> Still. But regardless, <laughs> go um, on ahead. Yeah, okay. So next, the story of hope is one of the first vignettes about the lost love trope, which this drives me up a wall. <laughs> but how does the loss of all hope affect Danny and how does hope deal with the realization that he has moved on without her? Okay. <laughs> Danny's loss of hope is essentially manifested through the de- degradation of his well-being. Um, hope describes young Danny as this tall, well-built man. Um, for the man that stands in front of her uh, in modern day, he's short and a little on the chubby side and just run down by life. Um his loss of hope has affected him physically and he is a new man because of it. Her not originally His literal responding, loss of hope. 
Yeah, um, <laughs> exactly. And that's what's fun is like her, her name is her Hope name. and he's lost Hope, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Which she so, is also kind of a jerk. I, she is. She's with the so, Sandrine. And, and, her not, and her not originally responding to his proposal destroyed him emotionally, socially, and physically. And he lost Hope figuratively, like we said, figuratively and literally. And I feel for Hope at the end. Um, when that door... Uh, let me (laughs) i see her face and she's like what (laughs) let me talk about it when that door opens and we hear danny's wife's voice it's a jab in the heart because you want so badly for these two to have that happy ending um, that they both yearn for Mm -hmm. um but it never comes danny has to return to his supposedly semi-happy marriage and hope has to accept that she needs to return to her empty life I'm sure she might have the job and the clothing and the lifestyle, but she's empty without love. And she realizes that. um, And she makes that trek from California all the way back to Maine. um, And her whispering, her answer to the proposal, that yes is so painful for her and for the audience and for the reader. Um, Like she doesn't want to necessarily say it to him because she doesn't want to like break him even more right like like yes i i do i do want to marry you and that would have re- i think that would have destroyed him even further than what happened to him if <laughs> to only know that, she could to know have that, told him to wait but she didn't he, tell him anything she no just she left. just she left like she left that morning um because she had to go to a job or something like that um but she left before she could tell him the answer and i mean she gets what she deserves in some sense but another part is just like oh. it hurts my heart because yeah she did what a lot of people do which is which, what sandrine did which is <laughs> leaving without conclusion without because mm-hmm. i'm sure he would have waited for her if she went away and was like i need space i you need never time. know until you ask you never know but she just left when he asked her to marry him mm-hmm. she just freaking left and then she comes back 10 years later. I don't know how long. It's um, a, a majority of time. Yeah. And she chunk. comes back and Enough she's for him just to have like, a family. <laughs> yeah. She's like talking to this guy, Danny, but she doesn't realize it's him. She's like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought, I thought this is where a guy named Danny lived. And he's like, and he won't he, tell her that. He won't freaking <laughs> tell her that it's him. And then she realizes that it's him. And then she's like, oh my God, I needed to tell you my answer is yes, I'll marry you. And then we, he's like, but in that moment, it's interesting because he goes, he's like, yeah, like, like he's like, playing along he wants he wants to hear it and he never he gets wants to hear to that hear he, gets, it. he never gets the answer but then we hear his wife mm-hmm. it's not like in the moment that she's like i say yes he's like oh i have a wife no we hear it from the outside that mm-hmm. he has a wife like yep. we're sort of wrapped up in hope for her um and i'm happy for danny like i know he like looks you know not as macho or whatever right. but he also goes in and is playing a game with his kid and like doing yep. these things. Like he was able to move on, which is more than we could say for Jimmy. Like he wasn't able <laughs> to move on until Sandrine gave him closure. But yep. Danny moved on. He lost hope and he made a life for himself, and it's what he had to do. Um, and it it's, right. it is sad for Hope, but she made her own bed. She made the choice. Yeah, yeah. You made a choice to not even ask. Like, I understand some people need time to think it over, but then you tell someone I need time to think it over. Not like 16 years or like whatever, like 12 years or whatever it's been. Like, it doesn't take that long for you to realize like, oh, yeah, maybe I do. Exactly. My favorite thing about her her is they talk about how she's not from around here. You can tell by the heels she's wearing Mm -hmm. and the outfit she's got and like blah, 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 blah. 
It's like, yeah. And so she comes back from her like high full out in life and she's like, yeah, Danny, I'll marry you in the middle of almost. <laughs> and she maybe. just shows up with like her suitcase, her suitcase. Like, in her heels her in. and and she and then the wife's like you just asking for directions honey like what? <laughs> like, what's going on um it's it's like anyways a, and it's sad because danny has this brief glimpse into what they could, could be and been. then yeah it's like yeah. kind of sad but yeah all right moving on in where it went um we have Marcy and Phil. So what do you think happens next with Phil and Marcy? Who do you think is at fault for the fading of their love? And finally, what does it mean when she, um, when her shoe drops from the sky? I don't know if either one of them is particularly at fault. So for some perspective for the listeners, like what happens is these two people have been married for like 40 years. They have kids, um, but they're living alone now with each other. Their kids are gone. They go and Marcy's like, Phil, like let's go out and do something fun. And so she forces him to go ice skate and he's like a dick the entire time. <laughs> and her, then at the end, she like loses her shoe and they get in this little argument. And she's just trying to be positive the entire time. And mm-hmm. Phil is just like, I have a lot on my mind. I have a lot on my mind. I didn't have any fun, like blah, blah, blah. And then he gives her the keys and she leaves. And <sighs> my heart like broke at this because I think it's the state of a lot of ill-formed marriages today like Mm -hmm. just really hard because you get to a point where you've been together for so long and you've had so many experiences together and you've both been through the ringer so much that you're unable to recognize the person you're with anymore yeah Um, And I hate to place blame on one person more than another because you never know over the years, like, who could have been, you know, less positive, less enthusiastic Mm -hmm. about the relationship. But in the snippet we get, Marcy's the one that's trying to salvage it and Phil's the one that just doesn't care. Yeah. And so it does it does put a lot of the um, attention more on how Phil's just kind of disregarded the entire thing. I would say, like, probably it's Phil's fault, but ultimately these things happen when there's not a solid foundation on and not a focus on communication on the things and also sometimes these things happen and there's nothing to be done like what breaks my heart is that she wants to have all this she wants to go to the ice rink and it's supposed to be like a memorable time for them because like that was their first date and the fact that he doesn't even remember that it's their anniversary no i know i know i know God bless this woman because I it really hurt my heart to read this but it's really the sad state of a lot of marriages I mean it's because people they go through so much they can't even empathize with the other person anymore Mm -hmm. and so he's trying he's like we can pretend to have fun together but are we having fun together and then when she recognizes no he gives her the keys and she says okay bye now, personally, what I think this means is she leaves, like right. she's gone, that's, and that's or she goes home, and then he is not allowed back. Um, mm-hmm. She gets her freedom back, basically. That's a sad reality, but I think that's what we're meant to assume. Um, yeah, I have no idea what the shoe thing is. I'm not <laughs> even going to pretend I have any idea. I asked. I I, I literally threw that in because I have no idea. I don't None. know. None. I, I like, don't think a shoe dropping from the sky shows freedom. I think the car could have been enough of a symbol for that. I right. have no idea what the shoe's about. 
Yeah, no. and like, does it mean that there's still hope? Does it mean that that is the moment in the relationship they're like, okay, like we're done, like it's finished, like we there's no there's no coming back to like we we just decide like we were going to part ways. Like I don't know, um, but as far as like what's in store for them, this is the moment for them to decide. Are they going to throw in the towel and give up on their love, or are they going to settle down and fight for it? Um, and I don't, I don't know what's in store for them. Maybe there is some hope in that they are able to reconcile and mm-hmm. um, focus more on their relationship. But whatever is in store for them, it's going to be difficult. Maybe the shoe isn't symbolic in itself, but maybe it's just the thing that whoever is like guiding these people decided (laughs) that they needed to take away so they would spend enough time at the ice rink to make the choice to break it off. Because if they just went home, they would have just went home and had this cycle for years and years. Continue, yeah. But they they were forced to sit there and have the tough conversation because she didn't have what she needed. And then when they had the conversation, it came back. It dropped, yeah. Yeah. I don't, so I don't know. And and as far as who is at fault, I mean, really, it's both of them. It takes yeah. two to tango. It takes two to tango. And um, let me tell you, these two have two left feet. They have poor rhythm. Yep. And they can't follow a beat to save them, them, their yeah, lives. Um, <laughs> but that doesn't mean that they can't salvage the dance and finish strong. I, yep. I tried to... I tried to keep along with that metaphor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but so, I don't know. They it's about lost love and um where it went like where where does love go um so i don't know it's a definitely a more difficult passage to mm-hmm. uh read but um it is we'll um, move along to one of the more uplifting ones yes uh, well sort of i mean at the end maybe but i had a really hard, i had a hard time with this one we'll talk about it <laughs> okay um, moving along we meet dave and rhonda in seeing the thing where these two struggle to identify their love. Why does Rhonda believe that she is not capable of love, and how does Dave support her in her discovery of love? So Rhonda essentially feels this way because she has never been loved by someone before. Mm-hmm. She's not the quote-unquote normal girl that a guy would fall for. Yeah, She is a strong and independent woman who is one of the guys, um, someone who arm wrestles, someone who kicks it back with a beer, and someone mm-hmm. who wins, like, she, I think she's like a championship snowmobiler. Which, um, she sounds like a great friend. <laughs> she does. Come on over, Rhonda. <laughs> so, so over time, she just accepts that love will never find her because she doesn't fit the classic mold of what everyone is looking for. And it's not until Dave makes his feelings known to her that she begins to open up to the idea. And at first she's Dave scared is, of it yeah she first. is and, and and dave is very supportive of her she and he's he's trying to help her go through the motions um and of the realization and allows her to open up on her own time and he doesn't push his love on her but he makes it aware that like hello i am here and i am interested yeah. <laughs> um many guys would have given up much sooner and he does eventually help her see it literally Mm -hmm. like the painting that he drew and she's like i don't know what it is is it like roadkill or is it like this is it this (laughs) and and it's at the end it's revealed that it's a heart and she couldn't see it because she didn't i don't know believe in it or didn't like recognize it but finally she's able to recognize that what is between them is love 
Yeah, she has a huge trust issue. Mm -hmm. She doesn't believe she's capable of love because she doesn't understand why a guy would want to be with her. And that's heartbreaking because she's Mm -hmm. a great person. I love when he says to her, he's like, uh, you you would be surprised how many people want to be with you, Rhonda. And she she doesn't let him in her house at first because she doesn't want and him I to love, see her. Yeah, I love that everyone is secretly cheering them on in the background. Yeah, <laughs> not like, like not go, literally, go, but go. like, but everyone in town has been like, yeah, you should definitely go go yes. go for it. <laughs> and she really pisses me off in this scene, like Who, when she's uh, like, Rhonda? "Don't come in my house," or like, blah, "Oh blah, yeah." Blah. But then at the end, like, she's so cute. Because she's like because awoken. essentially that that symbol that symbolizes like she's closing him off and doesn't want yeah she doesn't you know. want his feelings I I think she get she gathers what he's trying to do and she tries to shut it down and then when he kisses her she's like why did you do <laughs> what that? did you <laughs> get out of my house I'm like oh my god and I wasn't sure where it was going at that point I was like is she just going to literally <laughs> shut him out or like is it is there going to be like a reconciling mm-hmm. and. Then they're like shouting at each other and then talking to each other. And God bless Dave for like sitting through all that. But <laughs> I think he knew what she needed. He he knew that the wall needed to be broken down. And yeah, then he's and, very and, supportive and he's when not, she asks him not He's not aggressive to go about fast. it. He's just like he yeah. wants to make his case known that like I'm not going to let sit sit by and let this like not not have this conversation. I want to have this conversation, and I and I want you to know that I am. Yeah, I am interested. Um, yeah. he's not. He doesn't pre- like. It's not like it's a a pressure kind of thing. He's just. Some people don't know that they are loved. Yeah, like you have to. They have to kind of wake them up in a sense. Yep, definitely. So. Next, I got I just added a few last ones and I apologize. Mm. I know that guys this is a, not a normal episode. This is a longer episode and I apologize on that. <laughs> but hopefully you guys have been enjoying our conversation and um you are becoming interested and invested in this uh, as much as we Definitely are. Definitely read the book though if you haven't. It's You're amazing. Right. Um, but a number of the characters have strong physical reactions to love, especially the love's loss. Um mm. why do you think uh Kariani illustrates this side of love um what's his purpose for doing so physical reactions that's a really good and really see i told you Devin went hard with these questions like these <laughs> that's a great question um oftentimes we do get a lot of the mental side of what people deal with with love i think in this story i mean where her heart is breaking you know where jimmy physically mm-hmm. tattooed villain on his arm right the hitting see, on the like, head there is like this like guttural like physical gritty nature to human relationships especially love um i think that's why he chooses to do it this way because those physical reactions so much more um accentuate the mental reactions to things that are going on within them they Mm -hmm. like symbolize what's actually going on but i think in reality, it does a better job of symbolizing it and helping us understand the feelings that these people are having. Because when you're reading the words on the page, when it's about a very emotional thing, sometimes you need to be like shaken up a bit, like almost yeah. physically stirred by a book to like really understand what a character is feeling because they're words on a page. They're not real. Uh, 
But I think that's why he chooses to do this to give us to give us the actual feelings that these people and the are representation going of what it what it looks like. Yeah, physically, so you can see it. And I I think that's why he chooses that, um, and that's his purpose ultimately is like to bring to the stage physical what what happens so often emotionally for us during love. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I agree. Um, and I also think the loss of love is something that isn't always discussed or addressed enough oh, in yes. movies or TV and, or society not. as a whole. Um, it's usually w- only for a short time. If, like, if it is addressed, then it's only for a short time be- before the main character is introduced to the partner right. um, they are meant to be with. When love is lost, it has a toll on people, and it's important to recognize that. And I think Kariani does a magnificent job at illustrating yes. the beauty and the pain of love. And lost. Um, it's too. a two. It's a two-sided, double-edged sword. And yeah, like it, there's there's beauty and there's pain and love. And here's a physical representation of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's beautiful. So go on ahead with. Yeah, seriously. One. Okay. So throughout the work, we see the use of the northern lights as an element of the magic of love, whether it be lost or found. Do you think there's a sense of magic to love, and how does that play out in everyday life? I do think there is some force or magic uh magical nature to love um love is a feeling and an and an entity that goes beyond what we as humans can comprehend sure we say that we're in love but i think the power of love is so much greater than what our minds and our hearts can even like wrap themselves around um i don't know it's just it's something that just exists and it's hard to really grapple with at times um and that feeling of just being in love whether that be friendship um Mm -hmm. family familial or just romantic like it's powerful no matter how you how you want to address it yeah yeah I I, i did i did love that tying in of like and that's something like the Northern Lights are on my bucket list to hopefully see one we day. We should like, go, Devin. <laughs> let's when do it. When opens the frick back up, let's go. Okay, <laughs> but the Northern Lights, um, the Northern Lights, I think here represents like this magical clarity that like mm-hmm. love, because there's like fog and then there's like clarity. And these are two different forms of like what can happen on the trajectory sure. towards true love like yep. we see these people in these fogs of confusion whether that be in a relationship they don't want to be in or wanting something more out of a relationship or wanting a different relationship and the northern lights comes in and provides them with the bit of magic they need to experience clarity yeah. for marcy and phil that's moving on for sandrine <laughs> and jimmy that's moving on but for Rhonda and Dave, that's getting together. And I think that that's what this night is all about, is providing these people with clarity. And hell yeah, there's a sense of magic to love. I mean, no one, I mean, you could talk about like how, you know, our hormones are part of it and like we're attracted to people and like blah, blah, <laughs> blah. But in reality, there's some magical like glue that's keeping people together. I mean, if there was no magic to it, then. People wouldn't stay together as long as they did. Love is something deeper. Um, it's just something that you can't just like smush together and make it work. You know, it, it needs to be. You can't put it together with tape. <laughs> yeah, you can't just tape it up. Like it needs to be, it needs to have a solid foundation. And so I do believe there's a magic to love. And what I love is that this story shows um, how the magic is sort of placed 
into the everyday life of these random ordinary people from like a random ordinary place Mm -hmm. and that's almost Maine which I love that there's somewhere and nowhere and then almost oh the the road the road to yes the the road road to to nowhere the road to somewhere somewhere, and then almost Um, it's very beautiful it's all very well put together this entire story agreed all right let's close it up yep um do we ship it who do we ship and my, who are we most frustrated by? Yeah. So mine is also. So which one is your favorite? And then like, who, like as you said, who are you most frustrated by? Yeah. So I definitely ship this story. I think it's incredibly pieced together. Um, there are parts of it I would change, like Jeanette and Peter. Like certain parts of it that I'm like, okay. Sure. But I think ultimately, it's just an incredibly like um, unique and uh, what's the word I'm looking for like creative way of like yeah. telling telling these types of vignettes and stories. Um, but who do I ship? I think, like I said, my favorite story was, oh God, I forget the name. Lendl, Lendl and Gail. Yeah, Lendl and Gail were one of my favorites. And I really love Jimmy himself. Uh, <laughs> Jimmy. I'm not even going to bring up the other's name. But um, <laughs> who are we most frustrated by? I am most frustrated by Dave and Rhonda and Phil and Marcy. Um, so Dave and Rhonda, I think that we get the the longest tension between the two of them. Yeah. Um, before things are resolved, that that pisses me off because Dave deserves a lot of love, and Phil and Marcy because Marcy tries so hard and Phil's not willing to. And I think it frustrates me most because I've seen it happen a lot in real life, and that's just disappointing to me. It is. Um, but yep. what about when you, Devin? The, when when the other whether whether it's a f- familial friendship whatever when the other person gives up yes. it's so hard to like so hard uh deal with that relationship and like do you it close is. the door do you leave it open like yeah, what do you do, do you with properly it? Like, move forward how do you properly know should i leave should i stay if someone's not willing like, to do i fight for this is it worth you? fighting for like, yeah, yeah it's, it's, really it's definitely sad. hard mm-hmm. um but i do i <laughs> I told you, this is one of my favorites, and I had it on our list for several seasons. And finally, I was like, it is wintertime. This is the moment. We need to do it. Um, I'm glad that we finally got around to doing it, and I I love it. Um, um, Who do I ship? Um, My favorites. I love Glory and East. Yeah. Oh, I love them too. (laughs) I love the the idea of mending a broken heart. Yeah. Um, I love... Um, see, I'm frustrated by, I love Lendl and Gail, but I'm also frustrated by them because she just wants it all back. And yep. and it's not right of her to ask of that. And especially like to not even have that conversation of like, why don't you want to progress? Uh-huh. Um, um, but like you said, I'm, I think the most, the one that I'm most frustrated with is Marcy and uh, Phil and just like the loss of uh, where does love go? Where did it go? Like, how yeah. do we grapple with the question of where it went? Um, and that's painful to to go through. And I'm glad that he kind of brought that to everyone's attention through this portrayal. Um, but with that being said, there you have it. Our, our thoughts, thoughts on our very almost long-winded mean. thoughts. <laughs> yes. Thank you guys for staying with us the entire time. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> if you did. <laughs> now, this is usually the time where we hear from some commenters, but because Almost Main is something of a hidden gem, um, we weren't able to get any commenters for today, which is fine. Um, however, I will take this time to yet again recommend this beautiful work to you. Mm -hmm. um, if you don't have time to add it to your TBR list for 2022, um, I'm sure you can find a PDF. Of, I'm sure you can find a PDF of the script online somewhere, um, or you could watch a production of it on YouTube. I've I've looked up clips and I've seen um, even full productions from high school shows or wherever um, community theater. So there are productions out there that you can watch full length episode uh, videos of. Um, on one of these snowy days of winter, there's no better way to invest, uh, no better time to invest in this story. So it really I'd, does feel natural right now with the winter yeah. and the snow. Mm -hmm. So exciting. It is. But as usual, shippers, thank you so much for joining us. If you're liking what you're hearing, please rate, subscribe, and review wherever you listen to your podcast. It really does help us to know where we're at with you guys. Um, so thank you guys for listening, and please let us know how we're doing. Yes, absolutely. And there has been a recent update to Spotify as well, where you can now leave a rating. Woo, this We've it. been waiting for this. Not just we, but like the podcast community has been waiting for this for a long time. For a long time. So this is a brand new uh, feature. So shippers of Spotify, take a moment right now and drop a few stars and a few words of love for us. And of course, if you want to engage with us, please follow us on social media. Or if you'd like to comment, um, or join an episode we'd love that so please email us or dm us um, but you can email us at we ship it podcast at gmail.com we have been loving hearing from all of you so keep it up yep thank you all we love you and remember the farthest you can be from somebody is if you're sitting right next to them see you <laughs> next time bye guys <laughs>